Oh, is this the intro? Yeah, I didn't do an intro. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. Hey guys, welcome to the kids' table. This week we're watching The Babysitter's Club, which is from 1995 and based off of Anne Martin's book series of the same name. Uh, the summary is as follows. Seven junior high school girls organize a daycare camp for children while at the same time experiencing classic adolescent growing pains. Mm. Listen people everywhere, oh na 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 hey, get together if you care, hey na 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 ho, we got something, something good, oh na 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 hey, and we call it sisterhood, hey na 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 ho. Um, yeah, I think that next time we just have to respect our guests' time better. <laughs> Not that sick. I'm uh, sick. Off the, just right off the bat, I'm sick. Sorry about that. There's going to be a little coughing into the mic. He's sick. He's drinking tea in one hand. He's got wine in the other. Welcome mm -hmm. to the kids' table. And today we have uh, a special guest, Katie McVeigh. Do you want to intro yourself first? Oh, I'm Matt. Matthew Torpy. And today, <laughs> as always, and today we have a special guest, Katie McVeigh. Hey, it's me, Katie McVeigh. Uh, I am so excited to be here. I feel like my time was respected. I feel respected. I also have wine. I also have some raspberry <laughs> seltzer. Yeah, and this is Kendra James, and I'm cradling, oh, I'm really cradling <laughs> a bottle of red wine, and I also have a cranberry Sprite. Yeah, we're, we're two beverage household here at the kids' table. It's going to be a really good time. My first question, though, is how long into this before you think some random person will be annoyed about vocal fry? Oh, immediately. I'm here, and people don't like my voice, so I know that. The internet's already told me, so if the internet wants to tell me again, I respect it. That's fair. I mean, and I personally cannot stand the sound of my own voice. That's um, wrong. You have a beautiful voice. I really don't, though. But you do. You sound I like an angel. Good. Chill, chill out. No, it's, it's just bad. It's okay, bad. Okay, well. Um, Katie. Yes. You're new, you're new here, as is everyone new. who's going to be on the kids' table, because we're only a few episodes in. Um, do you want to tell the folks a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, what are my qualifications to talk to you about the Babysitter's Club? One, I was a babysitter. Two, it's part of many clubs. Three, I'm Katie McVeigh. I live here in New York City, California. Uh, <laughs> I am a stand-up comedian, sort of. Mostly, I'm just a girl kissing on the streets of New York, and also, I work in stuff. That was so much information. Thank, Thank you, you. <laughs> Guys, uh, my address is as follows. Her top five fears have oh, to be number one, scabies, bed bugs. bed bugs. Number one, bed bugs. Number two, cats. Number three, loneliness. Oh boy. Number four, nuclear war. Which we're approaching. Which we're approaching. And number five is uh, still cats. And cats again. So. Okay. Okay, Matt, do you want to impart any fears on us? No, no, just being <gasps> sad. Oh, I forgot. No, one of my number one fears is that my, I think so loudly that people can hear it. That has been oh, a fear like I've had like a... since I was a child. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Oh, I know. One of mine is a dementia. Oh. Yeah. God, you just made it too real. Nah, like losing my, your memories are what made you a person. And I'm very afraid of losing them through some sort of degenerative nerve disease. I have no memory, so... Oh my god. <laughs> Kendra has Club no is based fears. off of a popular series of kids' books. <laughs> How many currently exist? Does anyone know? Um, Babysitter's Club's look. I don't know. We should have... I asked you if you... I asked you specifically before I started recording if there were any questions that you wanted me to pull up and have ready <coughs> to be answered. 
I'm just I'm extemporaneous. I'm Listen, in the moment, bruh. I'm saying 267. That's I'm, my guess. I'm guessing 150. Lot. I'm thinking 150, but I'm going to look it up for you guys. 267 would be a weird number, but I think that they're still going. I don't know. I mean, that's not a... I know that Animorphs ended at 54. They don't always round I mean, up. Animorphs is a piece of trash. Whoa. Well, that's not true. I'm just kidding. You can't come up to my podcast and disparage the Animorphs. Because I have no um, opinion. Did you read any Babysitter's Club books I read one. Um, I did a fourth grade um, book report on it. Mm-hmm. You did a book report on the Babysitter's Club? Yeah. In the fourth grade? Yeah. That's like a second grade reading level. Yeah, I did not like the book, but <laughs> we were doing... Maybe it was maybe it was in third grade. That but would either be more way, appropriate. okay, calm down. Either I'm figure I've You're read a lot in, of books. Intimating <laughs> that she's not smart and no, mean. I, I'm an educator. Also, though, I'm smart as hell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, uh, I don't know. I feel like it was like our. I feel like we had a, a couple of options or something one mm-hmm. time to write a book report on, and that's the one I chose. I hated it. I thought it was really boring. So I think like. I think it was maybe, like, a thing where it was an easier book for the other kids. Oh, okay. All right, all right. The difference between you and me is that when... She's not registering on an audio medium. Oh, my God. face. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Katie was really insulted. I was just going to say, I think the difference between you and me is that you chose Babysitter's Club and I, you know, chose Mein Kampf. Okay, calm down. That would not be an option for my entire class. They wouldn't be like, your two options are a babysitter's club book or the book that started the Holocaust. Yeah. I was an ambitious child. I don't know what you were doing. I was ambitious and not a fascist. So I was reading Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry, and chilling it the fuck out. I read that in the second grade. God. Oh, what are, you, what are you doing? <laughs> Who cares? This one-upsmanship will tear us apart. Oh, my God. Just, it was a manifesto by, like, a... Angry, frustrated art student at the time. He's talking about Mein Kampf, not Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry. Which is a brilliant book. Also, though, um, Kendra is the worst. Please write in if you feel like I deserve better in friendship. To answer the initial question, there were 131 books in the series, but that doesn't count Babysitter's Club Mysteries, Babysitter Club Adventures, and, or I'm sorry, yeah, Babysitter Club Adventures, I think, and then Babysitter's Club Super Specials. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Wow, what were, like, a well, deluxe edition? Well, no, so on the super specials, they would, like, do things like take a road trip to California. Um, I think they, like, went to see all the ballparks in the United States with Christie's dad once or something. Wait, why did your parents let you read Mein Kampf as a fourth grader? I was in the second grade, and we had to have a parent-teacher conference about it. Yeah, I would, yeah, agreed. Yeah. Oh, hey, my listen. God. Anyway. Was the... <laughs> the, the the book report you said it was boring. So would you say that the movie is a fair representation of like what's like like kind of what you'd get in a book in cinematic form? I got a lot of feelings on this movie, uh, I, but in. I did not think it was that boring. I will say that. Okay, and then I'll let you. Yeah, we'll we'll dive in there in a second. Can I, I, mean, can I just qualify with? I know what you're saying, which is that a lot of things are going on. A lot of things were going on in the film. There's no. Yeah. There was no lack of. Uh, Story points? No. Um, I tried to skip over parts of the movie, and there were very <laughs> few parts I could skip over. Well, they were always just at that fucking camp. I feel like there were a lot of locations. They were, <laughs> yeah. they were like, at the camp. They were at the house. They were, oh, at Christie's palatial house. Dude, I mean, we room. should get into it. No, that's Claudia's room. That's Claudia's room. room. Yeah. <laughs> there are 8,000 babysitters. There's, okay. 
Well, it's it, not. Can I break, seven, I know. I'm going to break down the personalities of the Babysitter's Club oh for Oh my gosh, that. all right. Well, yeah, no, just go for it. No, I'm excited. very confused. No, 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 I'm excited. Um, it's good for the listener. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. it's, it's good for me, too. So you had, you had Christy Thomas. Christy Thomas is the leader of the Babysitter's Club. Ooh, my necklace is banging. Tomboy. Tomboy. You uh, can tell that in the first brave. scene, because she's tucking her shirt into some boxer shorts. Yeah, mm. not something anyone ever did. Backwards hat. Yep, and, and dirty, really dirty chucks. Yeah, like, that's because she's out there in the field playing sports and stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, so you had Christy Thomas, then you had Marianne Schaefer? Sh- Marianne... I don't know Marianne's last name. Stecker? I don't... This some- is all you. Yeah, okay. Marianne something, and she was the smart preppy one, which, again, you could tell by the large She wore of- Lacoste polos. Yeah, and Tommy Hilfiger. Just a mm-hmm. lot of Lacoste and Tommy Hilfiger. And please- so the one that was dating Luca? No. No, that's Stacy. Stacy. Which one was... Marianne was uh, Rachel Lee Cook with the oh bowl, yeah she's the dating the guy cut. from um, Kentucky. What the fuck is his Logan. name? Logan. Logan. Yeah, another L. A, Logan is an associate <laughs> member of the Babysitters Club. Whatever, oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, whatever that means. Um, so that's Marianne. She's nerdy and smart. Uh, then you have Claudia Kishi. No, oh, Claudia was my favorite in the books. Claudia is great. Um, Claudia is like one of the very few Asian characters that anyone had to look at during the nineties. Which made her, you know, she's pretty significant to a lot of people. Uh, she grew up in a family with a Holocaust, not a, oh my God, not no. a Holocaust survivor. That would be wild. <laughs> a Japanese internment camp survivor. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. That does not come up in the movies, by the way. Fucked up. Man. No, but in the books, her grandmother was a survivor of the Japanese internment camps. And, um... See, that's interesting. Yeah, that's that's a cool little tidbit That is her. not how I learned about Japanese internment camps. I think that actually may be how I discovered Japanese internment camps. I read a book, I read a memoir called The Invisible Thread when I was in middle school. I think I read Under the Blood Red Sun. Mm, I didn't read that one. That may have been about the attack on Pearl Harbor, though. But anyway, so... Claudia was really cool because she was the artist of the group, so she dressed all wackily, which was reflected in the movie, and she would hide candy in her bedroom in dictionaries that she would hollow out. Oh, that's tight. Yeah, it was that pretty cool. That does not come up in the film. No. Well, no, she's holding one at one point in the movie. Yeah, she is. Oh, what a, a nod of, to the fans. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, fan service <laughs> in the form of, like, I feel like uh, visuals and just, like, characters coming in and out. Yeah, I, they didn't really explain anyone's personality enough for anyone who hadn't read the books to really get a full background. I mean... I knew about my girl Claude's. Yeah, I mean, she was very important. So we've got Claudia, we've got uh, Marianne, we've yeah. got Christy. Who else do we have? I uh, got Stacy, who we, we'll have a lot to say about Stacy later, but for now, she's a diabetic who grew up in New York. <laughs> that phrase always used to really bother, or in this movie, really bothers me because she keeps saying that she grew up in New York. Girlfriend's 13. Yeah, and she's hailing cabs, and where are they from? Stony, Stony Brook, Brook, Connecticut. A good place to live. A great place to live. Is that what the sign says? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she keeps saying she grew up in New York, and I'm like, you're, you're 13. Yeah, you're not grown. Like, she doesn't know that she's not grown, because when you're 13, you feel grown. Yeah. I mean, given... And her character specifically feels like she feels like she's grown up. Yeah, I mean, that, that's accurate from the books, too. And she's always portrayed as a little bit more responsible because she has diabetes, so she has to give herself... <laughs> no, it's true! She has to give herself, like, insulin shots all the time, so she was, like, the responsible one. No, I know. Just the diabetes storyline was like, what? It's okay. so weird. It's, yeah, it's, this movie is so weird. It's really important in the books, and it was actually, like, very revolutionary back in the 90s to have, like, a little, a little white girl who had diabetes. I don't know. I grew up with a white girl who had diabetes. My cousin. Oh, okay. Well, shout out to Trisha. 
<laughs> well, it's given that it wasn't an overweight black person with diabetes, you know, this was saying something. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, so then all those girls are 13. Then for some reason they have two 11 year olds who are Wait, allowed to. No, you missed out on Dawn. Yeah, oh, fucking Dawn. Um, Alex Mack. She's played by Alex Mack. You also missed out on Mallory. That's the those yeah, are but fucking eleven year olds. They're associates. Yeah. Oh, they're associates. They're junior babysitters. Yeah. I didn't know that there was like a hierarchy that I was supposed to pay attention to. There is. So okay. Dawn is Marianne's stepsister. Yeah. And she also is uh, really into the environment. She, was, she eats seeds. She used to be. She used to be a California girl, and now she's living in Stony Brook, CT, and she is trying her best to save the environment by. Picking up litter when she sees it. Yep. And, and eating seeds. And attracting boys. Mm. Yeah. Uh, oh, and then we have our junior members, Mallory, yeah. who is writing her first great American novel. She's 11. She hopes to finish it by the time she's 11 and a half. She also Direct dresses... Quote from the movie. Congrats. <laughs> Thank you so much. She dresses like a like a young friend, Leibowitz. It's real weird. It's like she watched Annie Hall a lot and couldn't quite get it, but she tried. Yeah, she looks real sad. And then <laughs> there's Jessie, right? Yeah. Who yeah. is a dancer. Yes. And she is also 11 and a junior ba- associate babysitter or whatever. Yeah. Really poorly dressed. Also, really? like, not great at dancing. No. IMO, she's in like my a, opinion. She's a full-blown ballerina in the books. Yeah. When does she even dance in the film? In the beginning. when she's, like, dancing out of her school oh, or just whatever? When yeah. Just when they're yeah. showing you their characters and yeah. never have to address it again? Jesse yeah. always says, why walk when you could dance? Katie was really paying attention to she this just, movie. She just watched it two minutes before she got off I the train. Know. That's why. I watched it on the train, guys. Um, it's actually, so Mallory in the books, I think is, she's a writer, yes, but she's also a horse girl, which we've discussed my feelings on horse girls on this mm-hmm. podcast before. Um, so it was interesting that she, was she at the horse thingy in the movie? Isn't the horse thingy just like fucking Marianne's backyard or something? No, I thought they were at like a riding stable. Oh. Yeah, probably. Yeah, okay. they, were, they were at a proper stable. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone in a 90s book series had enough money to go horseback riding. It was insane. I mean, everyone in my town had money to go yeah, horseback riding. Yeah, you grew up an insane life. I've, <laughs> oh, my God. The fact that I've touched a horse is something I write people about. And I'm allergic to horses, so when I touch them, I break out into full-body hives. Oh, sexy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a god. It's an image. Okay, so the movie opens with <laughs> Christy. Yeah, um, Christy the tomboy, she's putting on shoes, tucking her shirt into boxers, and... They don't show her face, so you're like, is this a movie about a boy? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Is JTT gonna, like, show up? I mean, he might as well have. She was dressed exactly like JTT in Man of the House. Well, they're also playing a song about sisterhood, and my favorite shot in the beginning of the movie is she has a baseball sitting inside of a baseball glove, and then the baseball rolls out of the glove and then becomes a bicycle wheel. I also was like, the one creative shot of the whole movie was that one. Yeah. Huh. Also, she's, I mean, the actress is Skylar Fisk. Yeah, she's done things. And uh, she was in Orange County, which is how I started, I like was like, I know this face. Mm. I had the same sensation about Alex Mack because I watched that show. Oh yeah, before we move on, so we have Skylar Fisk, we have Larissa Olnick, who was Alex Mack, and then she was later in Hawaii Five-0, if mm-hmm. anyone watched that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rachel Lee Cook plays Marianne. And I think oh that's it. no, there's uh, Carla Sokoff. Sokoloff. Car- oh, uh, who plays K- who Koki. plays Koki, the villain? Yeah, there's also Koki Ellen. is the best looks in the film. She does. There's also Ellen Bernstein. 
For, oh, yeah. For God knows what reason. I don't know why she's in this in film. Requiem for a Dream. Which yeah. is one of my least favorite films. Oh, and uh, bonus, Kyla Pratt plays Jessie's younger sister. Oh. Yes. I didn't see her. Yeah. Also, that, okay, well, no, we'll save that for the end. There's yeah. an extra bonus uh, character actor that shows up at the end. Oh, oh, look at you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Christy's getting dressed. Um, We're and- like, is she a boy? Turns out, nope, she's not. She's a girl, and she loves babysitting. She's part of a club. What are they called? The Babysitter's Club. <laughs> And you get a lot of opening shots in the beginning of their calendars. They are business-minded, young women, and they're ready to make very little money because they spend a lot of money back on babysitting. They don't have a good cash-in, cash-out system. They really don't. It's very, a lot of high overhead, low yield. High overhead. Yeah. yeah, I'd really like to know what they're charging per hour. Well, they're not charging a lot per hour, but they also create kid kits to bring yeah. to each kid, which is what makes their babysitting business different, but it also is what makes it less profitable than <laughs> other potential babysitting. I clubs. actually remember asking... Asking my babysitter Denise, who when I was younger, one day like, "Where is your kid kit?" and she looked at me like I was absolutely insane. Denise knows what's up. <laughs> yeah, she knows so she's gonna get to the. My mom. first question right off the bat was like, "These are thirteen-year-olds, right?" Yes. And then some eleven-year-olds, like. Yes. What qualifies them to be babysitting did children? You babysit at that age, like. I okay, so third. I have a younger sister, so I was, like, left at home right. to be in charge of her, but she, you know, she's tough, she's mean, so I was not in charge. Yeah. And, well, no, 13, what are you? You're turning 13. You're, I'm in 8th grade. Right, and ninth grade. 8th and ninth grade. Oh, mostly just 8th grade for me. I'm also in Ashley Undercut's basement where our people are making out. It's the last cool party I've been invited to, and I'll never be ba- invited back. And I call my mom and I say, ooh, people are making out in this basement. Please come pick me up. I'm uncomfortable. What? <laughs> what a deep dive, Katie. So many, so many psychoses. Look, yeah. look all this up. Uh, just regression therapy. <laughs> She's just going to be like sucking a binky at the end of it. I actually feel like maybe I wasn't babysitting at 13 in 8th grade only because my parents got like really like hold you, hold you close after 9-11. Hold Aww. you closer, time dancer. Only Matt sings on this podcast. Okay, well, I can't right now, though, because I'm very ill and I'm v- barely not <laughs> coughing all the time. Then I take the singing. Yeah, so Katie's going to have to take the helm. Um, Christy's... <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus. That's really dying. And we lost it's him. Stacy's taking a taxi in Stony Brook, Connecticut. I spent a lot of time in Connecticut uh, going to school. Never got in a taxi. There were no taxis. I'm excited to talk about which babysitters we are because I think Kendra is going to be so furious with me. <laughs> I had... I know. Okay, listen. That thought experiment never crossed my mind. Everyone here thinks I'm a Stacy. I'm aware. You're a Stacy. The microphone probably didn't pick that up. You're a Stacy. <laughs> That's incorrect. I'm uh, a Claudia. You are not a Claudia. I'm a Claudia. You are not a Claudia. I'm not a Stacy. I mean, you are more of a Stacy than you are a Claudia, or I am a Mallory. You know what I mean? First of all, <laughs> I did not look. I did not look aged. First of all, you are a Mallory. I am not a Mallory. I am a John, if a Jay. You are not a Don. Am I a Marianne? I could be a Marion. No. Okay. What am I, you guys? You're a <laughs> You're Christian. a Logan. No, who's that weird dude who's trying to date Alan. Dawn? Al- You're an Alan. No, fuck you, dude. <laughs> Alan was my... Oh, I hated Alan. Alan just... Alan was the hottest of the boys. Yeah, he was. If I'm going to say which teenage boy in this film was the hottest. And I would have gone for the California chick, too, probably. That's weird to say, but, like... Uh, Matt's only 28 years old. It's fine. I didn't feel weird at all watching the movie. <laughs> it's dark in my apartment alone. But, like... Um, 
He does. He, he does. He's just. He does magic. Worst. He does magic all the You're time. You're just calling me a Mallory to get back at me for calling you a Stacy. I'm not a Stacy. You're kind of a Stacy. I'm not, I'm not wow, a Stacy. Wow, but a little cokey in there. <laughs> okay. Uh, Actually, if anything, I'm probably a cokey. I mean, you are for sure a cokey, but I was not <laughs> considering her. She's not a babysitter. She's not. I think she actually does in the books, like babysit sometimes. I mean, she had the best looks of the film. But okay, yeah, so let's. Are we gonna do a summary or? I would love to be a Koki. I mean, Koki was. Oh, except there's one point where Koki shows up to like intimidate these girls to, in this diner that they all hang out in, and she is. She had just been rollerblading, so she's wearing elbow pads. Yes. <laughs> and yes. I was like, girl, you gotta get those elbow pads off. I mean, risk I was, some risk yeah. some injury. My head was always too big for me to wear a helmet comfortably, so I was very uncool in other ways. But I was never wearing pads or a helmet. <laughs> I have, okay. I wish that the listening audience could see my face because it is primo. Uh, I, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to, I just want to impose some structure. There are, what, four main plot points that thread throughout the full. Matt loves structure. Sorry. Yes. I'm yeah, just yeah. trying to get on track. Oh, okay. yeah, because, I mean, people haven't seen the film, but you can rent it from iTunes for $3.99 in HD, so... Or, or you, for free. Or you can type in Babysitter's Club yeah. VOD Locker into the Googles, and something will come up. Yeah, okay. because this man... I love capitalism, so okay. I'm running for Senate. Oh. It's in 2030, Thank so you. watch out. Okay, Matt wants to talk about the four main plot points of the film. Yes. Okay, just... We're right off the top. Um, we have Christy. Her deadbeat estranged dad comes. Yes. Uh, out of the blue uh, after five years of absence. Skis ball. And he's sleazy, and he makes her keep it a secret. And also call him Patrick. She <laughs> made me very no, uncomfortable. That was Marianne. He told Marianne to call him Patrick. No, Christy at one point called him Patrick. Because they, so at one point Christy... Meets up with her dad secretly, and she's like, Marion, you gotta come with me, because I don't want to be alone with my dad, which is already a red flag. Yeah. yeah. Big, weird oh. feeling to have, like, and then they're all sitting outside her dad's camper while her dad serves them pancakes, because he is homeless. And, uh... He's itinerant. He's, 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 he's a grifter. And, uh... And, um, Christy says, oh, these are great, Dad. I mean, Patrick. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I really think that he was the best actor in the whole movie, though, because he, like, evoked the sleazeball and had the most emotion. I but think. at some point, all of the girls confuse Christy's dad for, for her, her boyfriend, boyfriend, which... Dude, don't even... I mean, like, we've been doing a couple of these movies now, and, like... The There's, rich vein of pedophilia that continually surfaces so is really upsetting. Let's just bring Katie up to that speed. That could just be yeah. us, but... No we'll, no, we'll just bring Katie up to speed really quickly. I, would I love mean, to be up to speed. There's this, in this movie, yeah, they all confuse Christie's, what, like, 35-year-old father? Like, a fucking camper pulls up and yeah. just gets in it and has, like, tinted no windows. No one and is like, concerned! She's dating a person who drives and is And it's fine. Not it's, known. it's totally fine. Yeah. But so, we watched a movie so called... So, good friends or not? I don't really even know. Uh, yeah, it's no. about friendship, but they seem pretty shitty. I I mean, yeah, women are kind of taught. Never, you don't let your friend go off with a strange man at the club, right? I mean, they, they are not going to. Well, well, they did try. They well, did. We'll okay, get we'll get there. Anyway, so we watched a movie called Blank Check, where a which is on Netflix now. Yes, um, a twelve-year-old boy has what will eventually become a sexual relationship with a woman who is at least twenty-eight years old. <laughs> oh my god. 
<laughs> this is like the working girl revelations of last night. Yeah. Working girl, a movie about rape. It, okay, anyway. Any, anyway. It's just a hot take really, like, quickly. Just hot, quick just hot think, take. mull that over after this. Um, yeah. Good luck sorting out this podcast, listener. <laughs> All right, anyway, sorry. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, is it only been in blank? It hasn't only been in blank check. Big. We haven't... I mean, you haven't watched that, but... I'm not gonna, like, I'm not gonna, um, I'm not gonna name all the movies. Just, it, you'll hear it. Just keep, stay, it keep listening, up. and you'll just hear it a bunch. I yeah. mean, age was definitely a weird factor in this film. Yeah. I just wanna, I wanna save yeah, a whole chunk again. for that last section. Okay, so... Dude, okay, so then... Sorry. Yeah. Oh, so the major plot points are, if you were to ask me... Is uh, they first off they're like we need to make more money so they decided to start a day camp mm-hmm. and then the day camp they need to figure out where to put it because Ellen Burstyn <coughs> their neighbor can't handle it. You got Christy's dad showing up. You got Stacy falling in love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What what else? Claudia's big test, which oh. is kind of like a smaller one. Right. Yeah, Claudia has to go to summer school because she's failed science. But if she does, if she fails science in summer school, her parents aren't going to let her be in the babysitters club anymore. And then what? Life's over. Yeah. So those are the four that I have. Yeah. Oh, but you also have Koki, who is our villain. She and two of her friends are uh, scheming to mess up things for the babysitters club because Koki wants to date Marianne's long-term boyfriend, Logan. Long term, again, they're 13. Uh, right. And another plot point is that Logan has a friend named Alan who is a total spaz, and he has a crush on Don. I believe they call him a dweeb. I believe, yes. Like, when did the, when did suspenders become, like, a universal symbol? So many kids are wearing dork? suspenders in this movie. Yes. Mallory's in suspenders, Alan's in suspenders. But Mallory's cool, right? No. <laughs> Mallory's the loser of... <laughs> Let's be honest. Would we have been friends with Mallory? I mean, yes. I absolutely would have been. <laughs> oh, you would have. Okay. Sorry. I mean, look at my... in high, I was not cool as a child or as an adult because I am very earnest. So, uh, you know, you're going you're gonna to befriend a Mallory or something. Okay. Alan, yeah, Alan. Was also, you go to comic book conventions. You for sure be friends with a Mallory. I can think of three people who are Mallorys in your life right now. Are we going to insult some people by No, them we're Mallory's? not going to insult them. I'm just thinking about uh, them, and I know they're there. No, I don't think I'm friends with Mallorys. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right. I'll write so, yeah. some names down on a piece of paper, and I'll pass them to you. There's a couple romantic matches <laughs> Matt for areas. Matt people. really wants to get through this movie. <laughs> we're so... Early. I mean, we are far afield, and it is 30 minutes in. Okay. Yeah, so, <laughs> all right. Yeah, my fir- first order of business, I, Luca, LLC. I want to talk about Luca first. You really okay, want to talk about, so, wait, okay, wait, guys, we're going to talk about Luca. We're going to go to break. Oh, wait, no, I was going to give a summary of the film. Oh, Katie. Okay, Katie. Okay. Here's what I'm going to do. A quick summary of the film. Everybody, put your listening ears on. It's a summary. So, sorry, I had a glass that I have a wine. So, okay, what happens is... Katie's 4'11". I'm 4'11". And also, very (laughs) sensual. Give me a call. Um, Okay. All right. So, the movie opens. We find out Christy's a girl. Sisterhood. What is it? We're going to find out. Also, they all go to Claudia Kishi's room where we find out that Claudia has to take a big exam at the end of the summer or she's not going to be part of the babysitter's club anymore. Oh, boy. Boom. The phone rings. Oh, who is it? Oh, it's uh, it's the person that Stacy babysits for every week. Oh, oh my God. Stacy, there's someone else you have to babysit today. His name is Luca. He's Dutch. And she's like, I love kids with accents. <laughs> He's Swiss. 
Whatever. She goes over there. She sees him. (laughs) She goes over there. She's like, oh, Rosalind, where's your little cousin? And they're like, little cousin? Ooh, he's 17 and he looks like a a thumb, but we'll get into it. And then Stacy's like, oh, hello. And they go out and get ice cream. And Luke is like, what are you doing later? And Stacy's like, I don't know. What are you doing later? And in this part, they're inserting, by the way, an eight-year-old into into their relationship, which is not responsible for a babysitter. Whatever. Rosalind's okay with it. Also, (laughs) Rosalind is dressed like Madeline. It's a whole situation. All the kids in this movie are dressed like Madeline. Right. So then, anyway... When they're not wearing war bonnets. What happens after that? So, then they go to... Oh, fuck. Now I can't remember. Also, can I just... Luca sounds like Tommy Wiseau from The Room the entire (laughs) time. He's like, oh, what do you want to do, Madeline? Do we think that was a real accent? We should look up. No, it's absolutely not. Christian Oliver is the dude. Like, the actual man who... (laughs) So, at some point... So, at some point, Christy's like... Oh, he's German-born. Oh, so then... he just can't speak. So well, then he they, sounds fake. They yeah. all go touch or they all go touch horses. So everybody's on a horse and we Katie really has a grudge against people who have touched horses. I mean I really do. So then uh Marianne is like with her long-term boyfriend uh, Logan, and then we get introduced to the villains. It's Koki and her two friends. One of her friends is a redhead. She's like, hey, why can't we be friends with the Babysitter's Club? And Koki's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> so, Koki tries to get her friends to distract Marianne, which they do effectively by cornering Marianne and trying to ask her about algebra. Marianne's like, what's going on? And Koki's like, hey, Logan, do you want to come to the Smashing Pumpkins concert with me? And he's like, uh... And Marianne walks up and she's like, what the fuck, Logan? And he's like, uh... And Koki's like, alright, see you later. And then, they all go to a diner where they eat, where Christy says, isn't it great that the burgers always taste the same? And everyone's like, Christy, get a fucking life. <laughs> and then Koki comes up on roller skates with elbow pads on and she's like, hey, what's up, Marion? And and everyone's like, oh, fuck you, Koki. And then Christy's like, hey, Koki, we're having a party at 8 p.m. on this lawn. And Koki's like, all right, well, I'll come, which is weird. And then Christy's like, hey, let's start a day camp for kids. And Marion's like, Yay! And everyone's like, yay! And Mallory's like, yay! And Claudia's like, I still gotta pass this exam! So then... Uh, they get in touch with Marianne's dad, who's like, yeah, you can use my lawn, and they get porta-potties, and da-da-da. We're, like, and, one third of the way through. I know, yeah. and then, uh, I don't know, they go on a bunch of dates, like, Luca goes out with... There's so much that happens in this movie, I just this realized. Is, okay. This is why I tried to go to break. Oh, alright, fine. Can I just say, go like, to break? Katie McVeigh has officially conveyed what this movie... It's about. It's not, <laughs> it's not for me. It, nothing about it is for me. Um, it's a. There's a lot of stuff happening, but it's so... It's so airy and contentless, and it's very thin. I think there's a lot of content. I disagree. You got... Uh, Christie's deadbeat dad shows up in his camper. He's like, I'm trying to Don't get this start sports again writing yeah, job. No, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, to yeah, break. I'm done. We're breaking. We're okay. breaking. Do you hear breaking. the tiredness in her voice We're from trying to, to do it? That's We're what done. this movie We're will make stopping. you feel. Hi, I'm Christy, and these are my friends. We're pretty tight. We even have our own club. Babysitter's Club, everybody knows us. That's because everybody uses us. I brought a little something for your little cousin. Where is he? Hi, I'm Luca, the little cousin. And you're? Your sitter, I guess. Are you gonna kiss her? But this summer, a lot is going on. Welcome to our camp! (laughs) And it seems like a lot is changing. Dad? Yeah. Why are you here? I'm moving back. We're meeting different guys. Do you want to go to the movies with me tonight? Alan, get real. I am. Alan Gray likes you. (laughs) 
likes her or like likes her. Trying to figure out some weird new feelings. Do you think I should have told him? What? I'm only 13. So? He's 17. That's ancient! Keeping a few secrets. Have you seen Mom? I don't want her to really know I'm here yet. And basically, dealing with life. I just can't believe you're only 13! Honey, look us outside. Tell her I'm not here. It's like you're not with us, Christy. I missed you. You don't care about me, and everyone who does care about me is mad at me! What is going on you like? Yeah, you don't understand. Where is she? We have to find her. Christy's dad came back. You could never have known how the summer would turn out. But you know what? It's turning into a summer we'll never forget. From the pages of the best-selling books that have captivated a generation comes the movie about seven devoted friends, one amazing club. We spent some of the best years of our lives in this place. And the extraordinary summer that changed them all. We're more than just a club. We're friends. Best friends. Nothing could ever change that. The Babysitter's Club. We're rich. We can almost buy a car. And in five years, we can drive it. It's really going to just be important that Matt is present for this part of the <coughs> podcast. Boop-a-doop-boop. -boop. <coughs> Thanks for that. Okay. So, Matt was saying... Mm. Hi. Uh, yeah, hi. Welcome back. <laughs> We're going to try this again. We're all sick and tired in the literal sense. Yeah. I actually think I'm coming down with a fever. Yeah. Um, Matt was saying something kind of interesting while we were on break. Oh, thank you. Katie's rubbing me. <laughs> Kendra's one of my closest friends. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I just asked her if she was faffing to pick pictures of... Milo Yiannopoulos, which is very rude. <laughs> I have those pictures in my phone to make memes for don't, people I don't hate. Don't tell people that you have pictures of that man on your phone. Whatever. I hate Nazis. I know who you are. Okay, great. And they're we're, dank as hell. Yeah, we're actually in a building that has swastikas all over the floor. It's a it. pre-war building. It's not a decorative choice that I made, which is something you would think if Kendra just got to say whatever she wanted without qualification. <laughs> I was going to explain that it's a pre-war building, and so swastikas meant something else pre-war, but now it's really weird that they're all over the floor of your building. So what I was saying <laughs> earlier was, you know, taking into account our illness and our tiredness and our slight drunkenness. I'm not drunk. I'm just sick. Well, I'm a little loopy. <laughs> there's, there's just a sort of innate... It's, it's, it's an innately complicated film. The, the, the plot line sort of like, it's like this weird patchwork quilt. So if there's a sort of frenetic kind of like incoherent vibe to the whole proceeding, it's, it's because the movie is, is very like all over the place. There's like 900 plot lines that are occurring because each girl needs her own plot line except for Mallory and Jesse, who definitely don't need a plot line. And Dawn like kind of has a plot line. Like she and Marianne get in a fight because Marianne's keeping a secret for Christy. And Marianne, when she when you tell her something, that means that she will tell two people, which is Dawn and Logan. Dawn is her best friend and her sister, and Logan is her, again, long-term boyfriend. It's actually interesting. All the plots for each of the individual women, or not women, They're girls. not women. Sorry. The plots for the individual girls in this movie all hinge on their relationships with men. I was thinking that the minute the movie started, because the minute the movie starts, they are talking, and then... Uh, they're talking about their business. I'm like women doing it for themselves. And then it becomes Christy and someone are biking somewhere. Christy Probably and Marianne, Marianne are biking Marianne. somewhere. And they're like, hey, let's not make men or men ruin things. I don't know. They're talking about yeah. Logan 
um, maybe going on a date with Koki to see the Smashing Pumpkins. And Christy said something about not letting men ruin things. And that's like when I'm like, oh, this entire movie will be about men. And indeed, it is. It, is. it, it yeah. really is. It's- the Bechtel test was not passed. Well, no, I, I mean, that's not true. It did yeah. pass that because they are a bunch of, there are other, sto- they talk about their business. They talk about Claudia's science test. Right, right. Though, that whole thing, I'm not sure if that flies in the year 2016 when she says, uh, someone tells Claudia, you don't have to be good at science. Mallory. Mallory says yeah. to Claudia that she doesn't have to be good at science. She's an artist. Yeah, which I don't think is something that we're telling young girls anymore no. in an age of STEM. Yes. I'm telling them. It's all STEM all the time now. I mean, it really is. Coding, fortunate. coding will not save capitalism, and we all need to acknowledge that. <laughs> well, thank you. Capitalism is an inherently failed structure that keeps people oppressed. But I believe that, it, that justice can be found through racial justice and not economic justice, so don't think that I'm voting for Bernie Sanders, because I'm definitely not. I think that we had you on tape earlier in this episode saying, I love capitalism. I mean, I love capitalism. She contains multitudes. I can, yeah. Okay. I can, I can recognize that capitalism is an inherently flawed structure while participating in it aggressively. Okay, so all these, all when these you're, girls... When you're, eight, when you're fucking secular, it fills a hole. I mean, I gotta get that iPod Nano, my baby. <laughs> I don't think they make those anymore. Anyway, all the girls in this movie, in this movie, relationships with men. We have Christy and her dad. We have Marianne and Logan. We have Koki and Logan. And then Koki and Christy's relationship is fraught because of Koki and Marianne's relationship with Logan. And then we have, we can finally now get to, which I know Matt is Stacey chomping. Stacey and Luca. The, chomping at the bit. Champing. Champing, chomping. It's champing, <clears throat> which is so upsetting, but true. That's upsetting. I know. Um, Stacey and Luca. Matt, go. Well, first, can I just say, my girlfriend also was watching this with me for about 20 minutes before she was fed up with it. And as a fan, she was a fan as a child of this movie. Uh, but she described it as um, a sort of, like, compilation of after-school specials, sort of, like, weaved together into a sort of haphazard film. I, I think that's a good description. Except in an after-school special, you would have gotten a lesson. And they, they did everything lessons. wrong. Mm-hmm. They All did the lessons. everything wrong. That's the thing. I was just thinking, like, this is, like, kind there of... There are lessons an... in quotation marks. No. Yeah. No. And there are no lessons in this movie. No. It, Diabetes is... Uh, fine, you're not pathetic, which is a word they That's use. That's the only pathetic. lesson. The lesson is, if you have diabetes, no one will kick you in the skull. Especially if you're, like, pretty and blonde. Right. Yeah. That yeah. helps. That helps. Um, no, everyone does everything wrong in this movie. Like, beginning with every parent. Every parent movie. is wrong. They're all terrible. Well, Except like, what, for Claudia's parents? parents, who we never see. No, yeah. we, we see... We, we actually only see uh, Christie's mom and her stepdad Watson. Watson Watson who looks like Julian Assange and <laughs> sounds like Jimmy Stewart uh, and then we and then we have um, um, we have uh, we have Stacy's mom yeah Stacey's mom. Maureen Maureen who is a bad mom she's terrible bad so, at being a mom Luca okay so and bad at acting I think she's the that. worst Every, actress well, everyone's bad at acting in this fucking movie I think yeah, but I think, Ellen Burstyn who's a queen yeah oh, Ellen Burstyn's great. awesome she, I don't know what she's doing she tells Don that she's almost charming which I very much enjoy. I mean yeah. yeah Eartha Kitt was in Ernest Scared Stupid we don't know what these people do occasionally <laughs> in these someone films. needs to build a porch Oh, yeah, that's a wraparound. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I always think. Like, yeah. someone needed porch money. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but look, let's just, Luca is 17. And European. Yes. Luca blows into town with a VW bug. And a taste for young flesh. <laughs> <laughs> but really. Cause the but fact for that, real. Like, 
here's the thing. There are context clues. Like, Stacey does not tell Luca that she is 13. She's 13. She's a fresh 13. She looks... <laughs> she's I, don't, I'm not, I she, cannot use that term. She is a fresh she's 13. She's a fresh 13. And Hot the, the press. She, she is. But if you... She maybe... Monarchy happening? She admittedly does not look 13. I will give her that. But she... Her friends Her friends look all look 13 She's hanging younger. out with an 11-year-old who looks like a straight-up child. Yeah. Jessie looks like she's eight. Uh, yeah, she looks real young. And so, like, you would have think that Luca would have glanced around at the win- at the other girls. I keep wanting to call them women. No, they're not tunnel, women. They're, they're not women. That's all the blood flow to his fucking dick. <laughs> like, it, it's disgusting. He's disgusting. I don't know how they do things in so, Switzerland. Yeah. He sounds like Tommy Wiseau the whole time. Well, here's the thing. So Luca doesn't know that Stacy's 13 and Luca is 17 years of age which is a whole different situation so, like imagine think back to he when could you go to were, war yeah. <laughs> but like honestly think back to when you were 17 like a 13 year old was a like not someone you ever wanted to be around an alien so Stacy and Luca hook up and then Luca is like, let's go to New York City. And Stacey's You're like... You're so pretty, Stacey. Let's go to New York City. So we should explain, again, Stacey is, grew up in New York City. Her dad, her dad still dad, lives there. Right, her dad is still there. So she asks her father permission to go to New York City. Her dad says, with a boy. And she specifies that it's with a boy. Her dad says yes, as long as Claudia comes with her. Yep. Two 13-year-olds alone on the town. But whoa, Claudia has to pass the test. Before she's allowed to go to New York, which I mean, she does. Which she does. Doesn't matter. Luca wasn't looking to fuck her anyway. So, so they decide to go to the 16 and, they have to be 16 and up to go to this teen club in New York, which but, but here's I thing. don't know. And again, Stacey tells her dad that Luca is taking them to a teen club and her dad does not follow her dad's up. like, no follow up questions. Fine. And so they go and Luca's friends could not look more European. I or was old. furious. Like, or old. There was a lot of white, there was that white dude with dreads. Yeah, yeah it was, like, yeah. Person. a literal nightmare. Just people I'd yell at in the street. So <laughs> then, they get to the front and the guy's like, I need to see IDs. Which, like, what are they supposed to show them? Like, a tr- like uh, uh, tra- permits? No, no, uh, school ID. Actually, did they do school IDs back then? This was okay. a pre-9-11 world. I had a school ID pre-9-11. I didn't. But mine didn't say my name. But, um, so... They, I did not get school IDs until after 9-11, Matt. So they go they go into the club, except, ooh-ooh, Stacy can't get in because she's 13. Luca freaks out, which I think is a point to his credit. Fair. He's like, wait, you're 13? That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Stacy's all upset. Then Luca spends a lot of time later in the movie playing harmonica outside Stacy's door. And Stacy's so mom. he gets over it real fast. <laughs> yeah. And Stacy's mom is like, give him a chance, which if I were Stacy's mom, I'd be like, we dodged a bullet. Yeah. I'd be like. We're calling the cops. There's a 17-year-old boy outside trying to make out with my 13-year-old daughter. Yeah. What? I don't... 17-year-olds are eating pussy. (laughs) I mean, I would would have pulled out my musket. I mean, I would not have pulled out my musket because I am not a Civil War reenactor. But I would, you know, say, hey, stop it. Much like... President Obama said to the Russians. <laughs> oh my goodness. No, I'm sorry. The, Donald Trump, Donald Trump said, said to the, the racists. Racist. <laughs> Much well, like. Correction. I, I want to give you a whole chance to correct that. Most like uh, Donald Trump said to the racists, I would say to that 17 year old, hey, quit it. Stop that. Stop that. <laughs> no. Oh, I'm sorry. Obama said to the Russians, cut it out. 
Okay, there we go. So, okay, let's wrap up this storyline. Luke, I, Luca. I go on forever. I mean, it's the Russians disgusting. are still hacking us. <laughs> oh, they're not, you know. Not the national storyline? No. Okay, go ahead. L- Luca, Luca, yeah, the mom is crazy. She's like, Insane. go talk to that boy. He didn't care about your diabetes. <laughs> like, let's... Well, no, I don't think, it's not that he didn't care. Oh. Well, that was supposed to be touching and, like, right. he's, like, sensitive. He's like, yeah. oh, Stacy, don't worry about your diabetes. Just worry about your heart. <laughs> it's good. Oh, Stacy. I would love to dance you, and it would be so nice. His accent is not even that fun. It sounds exactly like that, and uh, what I'm assuming you... What are the laws in Oh, he, he, was, he would have technically raped if she had decided to... Not I mean, be excited about thankfully, it. Thankfully, no one engaged in intercourse in this film. But here's the last line of that storyline. I would love to hear it. The age of consent in Switzerland is 16. Blah. She doesn't meet it. And also, it's not that in America, even in 95. I, I was wondering what his perspective was on things. Gross. <laughs> but everyone's gross, but I mean, it's European. It's a little bit looser. Uh, but this is the line... This is the line that concludes that plot point. I wrote it down. Uh, he says, oh, Stacy, like, I'll be back next summer. Isn't that such good news? I don't care about your age. And, and then she goes, I'll be 14. <laughs> and then he goes, oh, I know. <laughs> Meanwhile, he'll be 18 or 19. He'll be 18 years old. She'll be 14. He'll be in college. <laughs> University. Oh, sorry, university. I literally want to kill myself. My favorite man in the whole movie is Alan, who's hitting on Don. Because he's not trying to commit a crime. He's not trying to commit any crimes. He seems the least sketchy. Uh, He's up there with Watson, the stepdad, who I think is a pretty good stepdad. Uh, Alan, though, is, like, kind of an idiot. I don't like Logan because he's unwilling to say a a straight-up no to Cokie. Yeah. yeah, I didn't get that. Yeah, he was really dancing around that issue. You really yeah. like smashing pumpkin tickets? Was that like really a thing? I mean, more like smashing. It seems like he wanted to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, he wanted to smash that pumpkin. Yeah. To be fair, Koki was walking Koki. around in knee socks and mini skirts the entire movie. She looked great. She looked like a, a tiny clueless. Yeah, but with less class. Uh, I think just the right amount of class, but less ass because she's a child. <laughs> This movie is definitely, like, Jared Fogle approved. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. It's an uncomfortable film in a lot of ways. I feel like there were not a lot of lessons learned, except, like, the overarching lesson of this movie was, like, hey, in the 90s, everybody's parents were getting divorced. I wrote that down. I wrote that down as, like, because it was an epidemic in the mid-90s, right? Like, when that statistic came out about, like, 50% of couples, mm-hmm. that, like, famous statistic that I feel like people still quote, yeah. like, wasn't that the 90s, like, early 90s when that started? Um, and I was like, here's how you cope with that, kids. Like, I don't know. Fine. I just feel like a lot of storylines in these, like, live-action kids movies of that era are like, hey, your parents got divorced. That's pretty hard, but you'll be okay. Oh, yeah, we're, we've watched a lot of those so far. Yeah. And we're going to touch on a lot more. Yeah, it is a theme for sure. Yeah. That, like, comes up a lot. Okay, what's uh, what's another what's another uh, plot? Let's let's kill it. Um, Christy is creeping around with her dad, who yeah. buys her a dress. But that's not what Christy wears. Christy wears pants. He, not only does he buy her a dress, he buys her the ugliest dress. It's in very the store. ugly, yeah. But in the nineties, it was okay. No, no, it wasn't even good for a nineties dress. Also, just really quick, a lot of musical transitions in the movie. 
That's a lot of like Alanis and shit. Like a lot of like. Uh, it's a lot of like. It's a lot of songs that are like. Sisterhood is um, the number one so, goal when you sisters. My favorite song in the movie is "I Want to Be Daddy's Girl." Oh, oh my god! <laughs> that was a moment. So there's the, there's the pivotal moment when Christy's dad, who has been promising to finally. He's Reveal been hi- himself. He's been hiding from Christy's mom the whole time, and he's and been there for a month. By the way, months. he's hiding from Christy's mom while sitting on the fence post of Christy's mom's house while yeah. Christy's mom is inside. Parents are inattentive and non-existent in the <laughs> film. But he's like, okay, I'm going to take you out for your birthday at the carnival or whatever, and then I'll like They were going to ride the monster ride. Yeah. Yes. Yes. At the carny um, fair. And, uh, and uh, she goes alone, unattended, to the carnival. Yeah, she, her friends are all in a cabin where they have uh, a ton of food and a ton of fun waiting for her. And <laughs> yep. she's like, I'll meet up with you guys later. And she thinks that her dad's going to ride with her. And it's going to be this big reveal where it real- you everyone realizes that Christy's been so shitty all summer because she's been hanging out with her pops. Yep. But you know what? It's 1995 pops. and he's not coming. <laughs> <laughs> and you're left alone in the rain. She calls this hotel. She's like, hey, is he there? And they're like, he checked out. He didn't leave a note. And she's like... Which, oh. I actually think it was admirable that he even bothered checking in, considering he was clearly living in that RV. He is grifting. He laid some tracks. Like, he, I, I'll give him that. He looked faded. Like, he, he definitely, like, had like had a hard life like, on the road. My favorite was when he showed up in the suit first, and he, like, showed up in a suit and, like, a beat-up RV. It was just two very, like... Distinct I, and he was chasing some sports newspaper column game. To, yeah, he wants to be a, a baseball reporter. Yeah, Holy what I shit. think he wants to be is a coke lord. <laughs> yeah. He's got to be dealing drugs or something because he's never seen writing. He mm. goes to one baseball game. Yeah, and he's he's an, he's like manic in, in a sort of he coke is. way. Like yeah, he's a very manic. Kind of way. Also, like it does not make any sense that he needs to hide from Christie's mom unless he is uh, restraining order, shady or one hundred percent custody agreement. Like yeah. You know, Oh, There's something going on. Actually, he probably is not paying child support. You can send a man to jail for that. Oh, no. I mean, Why do you think Christy's mom, so, like, o- like overtly married, like, a, w- a sort of more boring, wealthy yeah. dude, she was like, I'm sick of this. Yeah. Like, this deadbeat. Like, I, I, I believe in stability now. I yes. want to know more about Christy's mom, TBH. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so anyway, she's, uh, Christy's at the carnival. It's raining hard. She tries to give a phone call on the ye old payphone, but it cuts out. Yeah, because it's raining. There's thunder. They're calling a phone at a cabin, so that's unreliable as it's it is. It's unreliable. Didn't know that was even there. <laughs> yeah. And the song that is playing is... Daddy's Girl by Lisa Harlow Stark. And it is uncomfortable. <laughs> Download it on iTunes for $1.99. It's, it's, I mean, I'll drop in the clip here, obviously, but it is... Uh, sure, key music, yeah. Real upsetting. Sipping a bud and smoking a can't. I climbed 
So that Luca can drive them, because they're like, "Who can drive us? We can't reach our parents." And well, they didn't oh, right, even the try weird... to reach their parents. Oh yeah, they didn't even try. Yeah, and they... they're like, "Oh right, the weird, too old male figure that still wants to like smash Stacy." Like, and now they're gonna smash. They they made doe eyes at each other over the rescue. Oh my goodness. And then they pick up Christy at that carnival, and they're like, "It's okay, you're still our friend." And I'm like, Ugh, "Christy's been a terrible friend all summer." <laughs> Whatever, Claudia Kishi passed her exam, so we're a okay for fall. Yeah, yeah. Claudia passed her exam. Um, Did we care at that point? Also, no. Skylar, uh, yeah. Skylar Fisk, Christy. Yes. Sissy SpaceX kid. Really? Maybe I'm spreading lies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she didn't look it up. You're just no, like, you're just throwing things here's out a, there. Here's a hot cue. Um, here's a here's a fun fact in that uh, vein. Both of Kevin Costner's daughters were in this movie as campers. Oh. Yeah. There you go. I wonder if they were that weird camper who kept being like, hey. Oh, the Whisperer? Yeah. Yeah. Not the Whisperer, the girl who was like, my pants are made of bears. No, I think they were the Whisperer and the Whisperer's translator. Oh, Oh. by the way, also, do you know how Claudia passed her exam? Oh, it is Skylar Fisk is is Sissy SpaceX's daughter. Fun. And uh, Claudia, uh, uh, Christy and co. do a brain rap because Claudia's test is on like, Biology of the brain, the brain is the center of the chain. The brain is the center of the chain. No, the brain, the center of the chain. And I have something, to admit, something do be do be do be do. I remembered that. It Hypoth- came back to me. Hypothalamus. Yeah. This is where it all begins. Oh, Luca's hot now. Oh my god. <laughs> he's he hot. Still talks like a, he still he talks wears like, like a an newsboy idiot. cap and like a like a <laughs> random scarf. Ugh, he's so European. I hate it. So Claudia's taking her test about the brain and. Hands down, the creepiest moment in the whole movie happens where she's like, uh, she can't remember the answer, and it's like she's looking and like chewing her pencil. And then, like, a whispered version of the rap happens, and they're like, <laughs> The brain, the brain, the center of the chain. And she's like, Oh, yes. And meanwhile, I'm like feeling spooked <laughs> alone in my apartment. Poltergeist, the babysitter's. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't make it like an upbeat, like, The brain, the brain, the center of the chain. They didn't have that budget. All right, well. You wanted, like, a more, like, jazzy, they just, like... They just needed something that they could just snap out. Or, like, I no thought... Music. Yeah, I don't know. It was a nightmare. Uh, also, at some point during that rap, like, they say, we're the babysitter's club and we're always rapping. <laughs> <laughs> what a nightmare. <laughs> Truest nightmare. Uh, the whole movie's a nightmare. There are no positive lessons to be learned. This movie sucks. No, I mean, it's a nightmare until the end where, like, the kid hits a uh, home run using a shovel. Oh, a shovel <laughs> and a kickball. Yeah. Fuck not allowed. Not allowed when God I babysit. You know what? It's funny. I babysit a lot. I don't let this shit happen. Maybe okay. I'm just mean. You are mean, but also, 
I thought the entrepreneurial spirit of the Babysitter's Club, like, from a perspective of someone who is, like, if I had a child, which I never will, may my uterus always be empty, but uh, if I had a child, I would be like, hey, they can't watch this movie. It promotes some weird shit. Yeah. But the entrepreneurial spirit of the Babysitter's Club, for me, overcomes their foibles as actual babysitters. And you don't have to even have to be antinatalist. You can sort of just enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> For the, like, solidarity, I guess? Like, female friendships? I think having biological children is a morally suspect choice in a world that is dying. Also... I'm having biological children. I will touch them, and I will hold them, and I will buy them crew cuts. Don't... What? What what do you mean by touch? Except I really like a... Well, we can talk about that later. Um, Can I just say... (coughs) Fuck. There are... (coughs) Matt's dying. Sorry, guys. Um, there are two other things that make this movie kind of almost surreal, aside from its, like, erratic time frame and, like, all the stories sort of, like, coming together. There's a lot of ADR, mm-hmm. um, which makes this movie read, like, a fucking spaghetti western or something. Like, there's, like... Christy's just, mouth is very often moving when words are not necessarily yeah, coming out of it. things are either just happening off camera or, like, not in sync with lips a lot in the movie, which makes it weird. Yeah. And then the other thing is, like... The, sen- the director's sense of comedic timing is so bad, um, and there's a cuts to a lot of reaction shots that, like, linger on a face, making, not speaking, but sort of just, like, making an expression, and it just holds for a little too long before it cuts, and there, it, it, there's a lot, and in aggregate, it's disconcerting. Well, I feel like the weirdest choice uh, was to make Ellen Burstyn do the majority of the comedic work in this movie. (laughs) She does the lion's share of the comedic work, because what happens is she lives next door to the place where they're originally holding the camp, although they, in (laughs) later in the movie, they fix up uh, a place where they're, they want to hold the camp, uh, next year, and, um, and things are always flying over into Ellen Burstyn's yard, and her, like, job (laughs) is to respond to them in a physically comedic way. Mm. Which is like, all right, I mean, I guess, whatever. The director with the comedically problematic timing is Melanie Mayron, and she doesn't really direct many movies. She directs a lot of, I mean, shows that are akin to Babysitter's Club, like, uh, what am I looking The at? Naked Bo- Brothers Band. Well, yeah, I actually, yes, that one, and then, like, The Fosters on uh, Freeform. Also, the director and uh, the, whoever plays Christie's dad, what's his name? Watson. Uh, Watson? Yeah. They were a couple to, in the show 30-somethings. Yeah. Which oh. and she was directed like an 80s show, which is really interesting. Yeah. She directed a lot of episodes of uh, of Jane the Virgin. Yes. Oh, no, that's her as an actress. Oh. She's been on episodes of Jane the Virgin. So she's still working. That's good for her. That's, you know. Glad I, to see I mean, I didn't, didn't have destroy a, her life. I didn't have a major problem with the direction. Mm-hmm. I thought it moved at a good clip. There's just a lot going on. Yeah. Ooh, Switch to Birth. I love that show. Also, Little Women, Big Cars. No, I don't know what that is, but it's it sounds like life- a porno. It's one of those Lifetime shows, I think, where they have little people doing things. Oh, in really? Real Housewives of Atlanta sort of style. But that's Little Women Los Atlanta. Angeles and Little Women Atlanta. Yeah, I think this is like the same thing. Oh, I think this like- is just Little Women driving like Range Rovers. Ugh. Yeah, sounds exploitive. Yeah, I don't like it. Okay. Um, Matt, do you have any final thoughts on the Babysitter's Cup? Um... I think this movie was a cash-in on already a pretty giant fan base. Um, There is... There are girls that have a relationship as friends. (laughs) 
<laughs> and uh, that's about the most positive thing I can sort of like extract. Otherwise, it's very boring. The acting is pretty terrible. And uh, the lessons learned are banal or non-existent. I thought it was an okay movie that moved at a solid clip, but if I were to show it to a child, I probably w- it wouldn't be in my top because I felt like the lessons portrayed were not positive. Yes, that's but right. I did like. Uh, I thought that it. I thought it moved quickly. I thought there was a lot of lot going on in the movie, and I thought that everyone tried their best. Well, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Um. I feel like if I were to show this movie to a child, I would have to watch it with that child just to, like, sort of explain the way things are then supposed to work in the real world. Um, but see, that's why I wouldn't show it. Right. would be like, what's yeah. the point? Yeah, you and I, if we were to both have children, which may my uterus ever be barren, uh, if you and I were to both have children, I feel like we'd raise them very differently. Yeah, I mean, mine would be cuter than yours. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. Mine hey. would be shorter than yours. <laughs> also, you've been so mean to me on this episode. Uh, guys, bonus, whatever. But <laughs> Fine, Matt. Anyway. She's mean to me usually. Is yeah, that's true. Yeah. That anyway. is true. Okay. <coughs> Glad to do bonus, so- There's a bonus m- character that I was saying I was going to bring up later. Okay, oh. wait, let me just finish thoughts on this movie. Sure, sure, sure. None of my future children, may they never exist? Yeah. Not of your children. May they never exist. Right. Okay, yeah. Um, I didn't think that it moved at a particularly good clip. There were actually a lot of parts where I... There was one part specifically where they were having a meeting, talking... Double penetration. Oh my god, Matt, put it down. Um, there was one part where they were talking about Stacy's date with Luca, and then suddenly it cut to uh, Stacy's mom meeting Stacy, meeting Luca... And it really seemed like that scene had been accidentally inserted. I don't even like, remember that. Yeah, it, they, they were talking about the date, and then suddenly it cut to there the beginning of, of the date. It blackouts a lot. Like, it blacks out a lot. Like, it's an episode of television. Yeah, it seemed like, yeah. Well, the Babysitter's Club, what's interesting is Babysitter's Club used to be a TV series on the old Disney Channel. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if maybe this just should have been a TV series, and then we would have met the characters better, we would have understood. Because a lot of the names that they were throwing out at the beginning, where you were hearing, like, who they were going to babysit for, all those people are people from the books who actually have, like, backstory. Right. How, how far into the 131 book minus expanded universe run do you think they were by 95? Like halfway? Um, I know that this one takes parts from like, I think number 38 and like goes into the 50s maybe. It like takes elements from various books and super specials, I think. But <coughs> this was just not, um, this wasn't a series that was really meant to be a movie. Well, I guess. By move at a good clip, what I mean is that, like, I tried to skip over parts of it, but there weren't any parts to skip over because there were, you know, there were things going on. Okay. Yeah. The only other thing I had to add was um, at the very end, we get a little treat from character actor Harris uh, Harris Eulen. Um, oh, was he one of the committee members? Yeah, who yeah. was, like, the committee member who, like, is coming to check to see if the greenhouse can exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We so, kind of glossed over that. It doesn't, really it doesn't matter. matter. It doesn't matter at all. Yeah. But, like, he himself is very famously um, the judge in Ghostbusters 2 that um, gets attacked by the Scolari brothers. Famously. 
I'm just saying, there's a lot of these people in these 90s movies, and it's really interesting to me, like, where I'm like, they, I have deja vu about their face, and I look them up, and then it's, it turns out that they were in something better and good that I, mean, I really liked. most of these babysitters were in something better and good that I actually liked, yeah. starting with Alex Mack. Yeah, we got Alex Mack. And She's All That, and... Orange County. Yeah, and, um, um, what was Kyla Pratt's show called? Just the Two of Us? Half and Half? Mm, I don't remember. With Guys, the Babysitter's Club does not exist in a post-9-11 world. Yes, it does. They have reimagined them as graphic novels, and they're re-releasing them as graphic novels. Yeah, there's one, there's one <laughs> Babysitter's Club <laughs> oh, other title published in 2010, but the last Babysitter's Club book was published in 2000. Yeah, they're, they're just reissuing all of them. Yeah, I just think that's funny. Oh, yeah. Adult child rating system now? Yeah. Yes. Adult child rating system. That sounds terrible. We need to not call it that. <laughs> Matt, what would you... Uh, one out of one through five. What, what did you give this as a child? Well, right. Oh, so, Katie. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Explain. It's pretty... Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. All we do is we, we, we rate it how we... On a scale from one to five, based on how we feel now versus whatever target age we would have been. Okay. I'm ready. Um, I, Five being the best and one being the worst? Yes. yes. Great. And zero is also accepted. Um, <laughs> we have not had a zero yet. No. Um, I saw this movie once, like, sort of half paying attention at, like, a family friend barbecue. I was eating a hamburger and drinking, like, a Dr. Pepper, and it was just on television. And I was in a pretty good mood, and it was summer. So my, my impression was that it was fine. It was benign. It was just fine. It was a fine movie. Um... So as a kid, I would probably just give it, like, what's the middle? Three? I would just give it a three. Yeah. Um, as an adult, I give it, like, ugh, fuck. It, it, um, 2.5, I guess, specifically. But. Right. Well, I'd give it, like, a 1.5 now. Okay. Oh. Yeah. It's not for me in, like, a very <laughs> literal sense. Uh, there's, like, nothing really that I care about or like We don't now. conform to gender binaries on this show. It's... It's also... Yeah, it's just uh, it's just not for me. Okay. I would give it as a kid probably a three out of five. I probably would have been annoyed by uh, the girl's inability to babysit that well. Uh, as a child? Yeah, okay. I, I was a very severe child. Uh, and now I would probably give it a 3.5 out of five because I don't give a fuck. Do what you want. Also, though, nice to see so many women on screen. Also, so many horses. Way to go. <laughs> Katie gives it a five for horse quality. I mean, in terms of horses, I'd give it a six out of five. Wow. Wow. Whoa. I would say great horses. One above the max, theoretical maximum. Amazing. Um, so as a child, I was a big fan of Babysitter's Club books. Made my mom take me to see this in theaters, so it was one of our many outings. Um, so I probably would have given this a four. Really, mm. really loved these girls and their wacky adventures and... Trying to be like them, even though my mother, I remember specifically, would not let me babysit at age 11. Probably a smart decision. Good idea. Yeah, good, good, good parenting. Um, and right now, I, I think I have to agree with Matt. I'm doing a 1.5 on this one. It's not quite the one. This doesn't have Rodney Dangerfield looking up a woman's skirt on uh, camera. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's not good. And I'm, I'm giving it a 1.5. Honestly, I think that I would just want to like put out there that I watch 
terrible movies constantly. <laughs> so I am not the arbiter of taste here. I am still watching the Angry Birds movie in many, many installments. I've seen all of B-Movie in 2016. Oh, no. And right before, B-Movie. Right before, I, I do not like it, but I do think it's fascinating that someone decided to make it. Oh, uh, it is a movie where a bee wants to sleep with a human woman. <laughs> Is that right? Yes. I'm suddenly interested. Uh, it is very boring. Wow. Oh, does he sleep with her? Uh, no. Uh, Patrick Warburton, her boyfriend, tries yeah. to smush the bee because the bee Not is horning in okay. on that human woman. Okay. Anywho, anyway, we'll talk about that off yeah. screen. If you, okay, if you've made it through this hour approximately of this podcast which is a little loopier than normal i'm so sorry um your reward is that you now get to hear about some of the things that we're doing uh matt am i gonna have to tell them about your rabbit comic or are you going to well what a disrespectful way to to title it uh no i it's not the rabbit comic (laughs) i said your rabbit comic oh what's it's a lot better um it's the tricks rabbit Ooh. it's uh just go to Tricks comic one thing uh, dot tumblr dot com and look at it and if you like it. Do you want to tell them why they should look at it? Like uh, it's, any it's, details? Uh, it's about oh god! It's about the Tricks Rabbit uh, in a dystopian future where he is genetically engineered into existence and uh, tries to find an identity of his own. And how many pages are there? In total. In total. Yeah, like how much do they have to look forward to? Like what? There are sixty four pages to be made. There are. <laughs> Um, I think 18 online right now. You sold me. Yeah, getting Matt to talk about his shit, which is impressive shit, is, like, pulling teeth. It's fucking ridiculous. Check it out, guys. It's real Also, good. we pulled some of his teeth earlier, so it is hard for him to speak. Yes. <laughs> okay, Katie, what, what would you like to tell us about? Uh, my name is Katie McVeigh. Uh, I do a web series called Yell You Better. Uh, it's a show where I yell at you. I yell at you about your whole life until you're better at it. It's an advice show, and you're like, wait, I shouldn't be taking advice from this woman. And it's like, yeah, that's fair. Uh, I also am on Twitter. I love to tweet. Uh, you can find me online at Katie McVeigh. Um, and I do stand up occasionally, but I don't have any shows that you should be looking out for. Uh, that's it. Okay. And that's McVeigh with a V-A-Y, not like... Not like, yeah, not like the domestic terrorist. No. Um, and (laughs) it's important. It's an important distinction. That is a good one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And my name is Kendra James, and I write things and can occasionally be found at places like Cosmo and Elle and Lenny Letter. I don't have anything necessarily that you should be looking out for, but I am doing a reading at some place in February in Gowanus that I now can't remember the name of. Uh, we'll update you in the future regarding this Gowanus reading. We will. will be sure to check it's out. It's going to be real great, guys. It's going to be great. Okay, uh, thanks for listening. We will be back next week. I don't know what we're watching yet, so... Tune in! It'll be a surprise. Bye! Bye. Bye. Yay.